Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. garbage, in this case, sexual predators. And that's not all. He'll be joined by the leads, five lovely ladies, uh, Don Hoff, Momo Nakamura, Marlene Neal, Ivelisse Torres, and Melanie Kirsten. But before we get to them, let me remind you that Inside Acting Radio is brought to you by DC Actors Examiner, where you'll find many inspiring articles on the perfection of acting. You should be following me on Twitter. Go to Twitter forward slash inside underbar acting or Twitter forward slash Will underbar Powell. That's a capital W, capital P. You should be following me on Facebook. The handle there is William.T.Powell. Now let's talk about Badass Assassins. Now this film is a prequel to You're Dead. And it exists in the same universe. And it was co-written by Corey Williams and Aaron C. Smith and produced by Mr. Williams, who owns the production company, the very prolific production company, Golden Tiger Productions, so named because of his childhood love of martial arts movies. Yes, indeed, yes, indeed. And Mr. Williams has produced such movies as Torn, Can't Complain, Razor Blade City, Senior Cut Day, the movie, and, of course, the great documentary, The DMV Truth, and the film artists. And as I said earlier, Mr. Williams is joined by the stars of Badass Assassins, Don Hoff, who plays Ace, Marlena Neal, who plays Tamara Book, 
Ivelisse Torres, who plays Sniper Jane. Melanie Kirsten, who plays Whoop, Dahmer, and Momo Nakimura, who plays Rhinestone Rebby, and she'll be joining us approximately 10.30. I know she's in a show, so she'll be a little bit late. And so let me go ahead and bring everybody in. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Good evening. All right. <laughs> Fantastic, fantastic. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining me on the show tonight. Thank you. Thank Next you for having us. Yeah, thanks right. for having us. Appreciate it. Fantastic, fantastic. So now, Corey, my man, I'm going to start with you first. I want you to describe to me the universe that your dead and badass assassins lives in. It's a, it's a universe that... It's not too far in the future. Definitely grindhouse feel. Uh, kind of um, very, I guess, reminiscent of the kind of like the, the old West. Everything is happening kind of under the grid. Uh, so it's very realistic. There, there's nothing that is um, supernatural uh, about these people. They're very, very human. But there's danger always lurking in every corner. Hmm. So you say it's like the Old West, so it's sort of, I guess, it, it, is it more of a, you say it's more of a morality tale, or you say Old West, you mean Old West is black hats, white hats, or more amoral, like uh, like, like a spaghetti western? I think more the black hat, white hat. Okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so Don, I'm going to switch to you. Uh, what? What should the audience know about your character, Ace? Okay, well, Ace, <laughs> she's, man, Ace is, she's a leader. She's a, like a mother figure to the to the girls. Um, she sets tons of examples on how to keep things together, um, how to keep things on the common ground. You know, when dealing with females, um, you get a lot of egos. You got... Um, people going back and forth with each other, but um, she keeps things um, together, something like that, and she helps the girls keep their heads on the task and what's important. Okay, so she's like the mother hen that kind of, kind of like the glue. Yes. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Marlene, uh, how similar are you to Tamara Brooks? Marlene, did you, I think we might have lost her. Okay, I think we temporarily lost her. What about uh, Arvalise? I figure that Sniper Jane is a sniper. So what kind of weapons training did you have for the film? Well, hello. Yeah. Um, I actually... I've had uh, weapons trained um, before. With all, I actually been to the gun range and I've shot guns before. So, being that you know this character um, was you know specialist in guns was something that, that was exciting for me. So, um, for the sniper gun, actually, it was um, one of my first actually. Um, uh, holding one of the well, actually, I've held a sniper gun before, but actually, you know, 
in the film. It was actually fun. It was different, um, but it wasn't anything that I felt that I couldn't really not, you know, get technical with because um, it was actually a, a guy who was a weapons um, uh, specialist who was there, so he was able to kind of give me some of the pinpoints on how to set up the gun and everything. Mm-hmm. He was awesome. <laughs> okay. So I see that it uh, looks like uh, Marlene has rejoined us. So I was uh, basically had a question about how similar are you to uh, Tamara Brooks? Okay, maybe she dropped again. Okay. <laughs> oh, hold on. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's all William Powell's fault. Okay, let me bring her in. She rejoined us. Marlene, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was asking, how similar are you to your character, Tamara Brooks? Um, I'm kind of, I can kind of relate to Tamara, and we kind of got a little bit in common. She's like, um, she's a rough one around the edges. She's kind of like the tomboy of the of the group. Um, she doesn't really get along with Ronson Raby. I feel like her character and Ronson Raby kind of like bump heads. It's kind of like, you know, we all want that attention, that special attention from Ace, and we all want to impress her, kind of like um, kids trying to get all the attention from the parents. Since she's like the leader of the group, so we're always trying to outdo one another to get that you okay. know, attention from Ace. So, yeah, I'm, I'm like the heart. <laughs> hey, Ace. <laughs> all these characters sound kind of hard <laughs> Speaking of hard, okay, so now, uh, Melanie, you get, you play uh, Whip Dahmer. Now, is there any similarities to Whip Dahmer and some of the strong female characters like we would see in a Tarantino film? Um, Yeah, I mean, the fact that she's kind of that young kind of rookie-type person, she, okay. she, sort of, she sort of, like, starts out, like, you sort of see her kind of in this, like, little nerdy type look to herself but it's like once she Hmm. turns into an assassin she completely changes like I feel like she's kind of like one of those people who she seems like quiet and reserved but she's secretly that girl who like does like cosplay and like gets in costume and like secretly fantasizes about being superheroes and I feel like Uh she wants to be a part of the gang so much that she she really does like embody this sort of badass you know uh, attitude and really takes hold of it and she's like yeah I can do this just as much as you guys can I think she I think it kind of is that entertaining quality that the audience will like to see is like seeing how this character kind of develops and goes back and forth it's almost like it's really action packed and at the same time kind of humorous for her so hmm. okay okay so a little bit of humor it's not all uh Killing and cussing and all that stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, Corey, uh, why have you focused so much on producing as opposed to directing? I I think that's my strongest suit. Um, I I like to work together in in groups. And, um, you know, the, the, the directing... Um, to me, I, I feel it's, it's it's okay, but producing, I feel that's my strong suit, I think. 
and I got a good team around me, a uh, director who understands where I'm trying to go with uh, with the project, and and even even writing as well. I, I <laughs> I'll do writing if I have to, but it's just nothing I look forward to. But producing, I always love it. I think with producing, you you have to love a project for three years from the time you. Uh, get the characters and start to put your script together all the way to the time of trying to get a distribution deal and film festival. And, uh, you know, directors, they work on a project and they move right on to the next one. Producers tend to, you know, they're there with, with, with uh, the budget and the locations. You have your hands and everything. Um, and it just seems to, to fit me well, you know, so uh, I tend to do that. Will I, will I direct again? Um, probably. Um, I have some projects that are kind of the back burner that I'm thinking about maybe directing, but right now, you know, obviously my, my focus is going to be on badass assassins. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like, uh, being a parent almost, you got, you got a little baby and it's, uh, you see it through. Oh, absolutely. I mean, these, these years. Characters, uh, <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the character that, that I created, it was interesting. Each, each one of them, I, um, in developing them, there, there was something that from my past, either something I've seen or heard about to help develop these characters. And I basically wanted them to be superheroes, but human. I didn't want them to have, like, you know, supernatural ability, but just getting to uh, using their smarts, using their training, um, thinking, and that's how they outsmart their, their opponents. Fantastic, fantastic. So I see uh, superfan Mitch Marvel has called in. Let me see if I can bring him in and see if he has a question. Hold on. Hey, Mitch. Is this William Powell, King of BC Media? Absolutely, absolutely. What's going on, my brother? Always listening. Well, you and Corey Williams in the same show? How could I miss that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the question? Uh, I was just listening in because I couldn't get into my tablet, but uh, it's a great show. One thing I want to say about Corey Williams is he would not be in the position that he's in if he was a bad guy, if he was a jerk, because people wouldn't work with him. And, I mean, I, I met him initially through the through Year Dead at the very, very first fundraiser they had for that. I uh, saw him again at the preview for Eric Christopher Meyer's Roulette, which is out on Blu-ray and DVD right now. And uh, uh-huh. he's been... Uh, he got me in the uh, Badass Assassins trailer that they shot uh, last year, which was, um, I don't know if that was just a proof of concept or, or uh, he just wanted star power in there, and that's what he asked for me. <laughs> but uh, he, he's a great person to work with. I, I read lines with him once uh, for a screening, didn't get the part, but, you know, I, I got to read lines with Corey Williams. So it was like, you know, Christmas came early for me that year. It can't be bad. <laughs> real talk. I mean, real talk. Genuine good guy. That's that's real, that's real talk. Okay, Mitch. Well, uh, thanks for calling and for listening. Always, always. Thanks, Absolutely. Mitch. Appreciate it. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you know, um, Corey, talk a little bit more about the connection between your dad and this movie. Sure. Um, obviously, it's 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 happens around the same time and actually um the you the the main character in your dead who's lexi which is played by uh um you find out that she actually is a potential recruit for the badass assassins okay. um, but due to, 
but due to the events that happen and you're dead, there's never that connection between uh, between between her joining the group. Um, and, and the reason why the, the badass assassins wanted to recruit her is because she has a specialty um, mm-hmm. with with knives. Uh, that that's her specialty, and they want to recruit her. But again, with, with with timing and everything, it never really happened. So the audience the audience is aware of obviously what potentially could take place. And I, I wanted to uh, I wanted that opportunity opportunity to be missed purposely. Because uh, that would have the audience guessing, you know, will 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 they ever link up later in the film? Possibly, you know, will Lexi make an appearance later in the film, or you know, do did any of the badass assassins make an appearance in Year Dead? I wanted to kind of, you know, keep keep those options open. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so I'm gonna switch over to Don and talk about the roles that you've done in the past that have prepared you to play Ace. Hmm. I want to um, say not so much of the roles that I've done in the past. This will actually be my first role um, in the movie that I'm actually um, seeing, like overseeing um, okay. other people. So, um, but as far as my day-to-day life, you know, I have two kids, so, and I have, you know, a whole structure that I've, built on how to think, keep things together in my day-to-day life. So I try to apply that to the movie the best way I can. You know, um, Ace, she's she's really quiet, so she uses a lot of eyes and body movements and stuff like that. I'm not really quiet <laughs> on my day-to-day life, but um, <laughs> it, it, it helps me um, project how I feel without saying it. Um, on film, um, it's, it's very challenging, but it's it's something that I definitely can do, and I just I welcome any challenge. So I'm going to say my day to day life has prepared me for the um, movie more than my past roles. Oh, that's what's up. Okay, mm-hmm. so Marlene, I'm going to ask you now: Who do you think is the the ideal audience for this film? Oh, wow. Uh, that's a tough one. The ideal audience, I guess, people who like uh, Grindhouse uh, films and a lot of women that want revenge. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think a lot of women, it will be kind of like a empowerment for women to kind of like bond and, and, you know, swap stories about, their um, experiences and stuff like that because it's a really touchy subject if you think about it like um, as far as like the guys that we actually um, you know eliminate as mm-hmm. I should say so um, yeah I mean I don't know how the guys would feel about it I guess some of the guys that kind of like the sexy women that are badasses they kind of like, you know, they might gravitate towards it. But the the overall um, purpose and moral of the whole entire film is just, it's a, it's a really touchy subject. So it, it might be a mixture, you know. It's kind of hard to tell, you know, exactly what type of crowd. But it's, it's, mm-hmm. a, really good, it's a really good film. So you'll get a mixture of um, emotions and stuff like that. So I personally am going to be on a revenge type tip. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but that, yeah. Yeah. Now, so Corey, I think you, I think you're a good uh, person to chime in on this, and, and not only that, but also Corey, what uh, would you say is like your core message or some themes you like to explore in your work? We know, as far as the audience, what I was, I wanted to target uh, a lot of the different people. I was thinking about, uh, you know, the college kids. Uh, they like the grindhouse films, obviously. I thought about women in general. Um, I, I was I was envisioning, um, you know, even mothers and daughters. And when I say that, I'm talking about daughters who are grown, maybe like in their 20s and their mothers in the 40s. And what would attract the women was that this is a film where these women aren't dependent on men. The dilemma is not trying to find love, which normally in every movie you see, that's that's what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. This was focus. This was focusing on these women who realize that as individuals they're strong, but as a unit, as a team, they're even stronger. So I, I, I mm-hmm. think there's some subliminal messages for anybody who's ever played organized sports before. They, I mm-hmm. think they'll see they'll see the subliminal messages. How Ace is the coach. She has, you know, the star player. She has the rookie on the block who's trying to, to fit in. And they, they they all kind of fail in their own little sense when they try to go off uh, on their own little, you know, tangent uh, revenge. But they see, uh, they see the benefits of working together as a team. And um, I also was really trying to focus on uh, also the hardcore Grindhouse uh, fans like uh, you know Marlena was was touching on that fan base is amazing because it's grown over especially the past two years the uh, the, the people that that we would put in the category of uh, going to you know Comic Con the comic book fanatics the sci-fi uh, folks they are starting to gravitate more towards the Grindhouse genre as well. So I'm looking to, you know, working with Aaron Smith, who, who's phenomenal with his writing. We're looking uh-huh. for little elements that are going to actually draw uh, that comic book fan and that sci-fi fan into this grindhouse genre. I mean, I, I initially, when I created the characters, it wasn't going to be a film. It was it was going to be a comic book. Uh, hmm. You know, I, I actually had talked to a, a few different artists and, and talked about the design of how, how it would be. Um and, and eventually, maybe there might be some sketches that I eventually might put out eventually that people can see of, you know, how we designed these characters, how they came across. But these five actresses are great because they're actually, they're bringing these characters to life. And I can tell you, I probably have tested every single one of them. Because like you said earlier, it's, it's, it's my baby. These are my characters. And they're breathing life into these characters. So, you know, Momo talking about the type of hat she was going to wear and, Ivelisse, the type of uh, makeup she would have on, and uh, Ace about how her hair would look. I mean, all those little things um, was just was, was really going back to uh, the sketches and uh, the characters when when I initially thought about you know doing something uh, in the whole comic book genre. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Ivelisse, I have a fun question for you. I want you to complete this sentence for me. Badass Assassins is rated mm. I'm 
I'm gonna say um it can go in between PG-13 and radar. I mean, it's mm-hmm. appealing to you know under age 18 or 13, as I say. But it's also you know as a mother, I would not you know have my child watch uh, the film. You know, just um, not that there is any. Uh, strong violence, but it's something that I would definitely just make sure that certain it's age group. That is. <laughs> yeah, that <exactly. laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, I'm going to switch over to you, Melanie. Uh, you know, what role have you done that is the most similar to Whip Palmer? Oh, wow. <laughs> um... It might be, I mean, it might be between a few. Um, I usually do mostly stage acting, and this is, I'm sort of starting to break into film, and Corey's been so wonderful to work with to help me with that. But um, as far as characters I've done on stage, I mean, I did Magenta in Rocky Horror, a picture show, like, a while back. And so, like, that sort of, like, violent creepiness and stuff like that that's sort of, you know, naive and at the same time humorous I sort of took into that and sort of like having no boundaries hold back I sort of took into that there was also another role I played a few years back where I was an adult but I was playing a child who had a lisp and was trying to really fit in with everybody and uh, I kind of took like that at least that childhood sense and that sort of like shy sense but really trying to fit in into the character mm. as well. Um, but in general, like, sort of how Corey was talking about comic books, I'm a huge comic book fan, and mm-hmm. I do I do go to conventions every now and then. I've actually played on stage, I've played Harley Quinn from Batman. Okay. And so I kind of took that playful style of her and kind of how she's sort of this young, you know, I guess you could say she's a little bit psycho, but, you know, at the same time, it's, you know, she she really wants to be accepted for what she does. Mm-hmm. And I kind of took that mentality, and especially, like, just how she is as a superhero or supervillain even, into that character. Because, like, whenever I dress up as any character, I completely try and take on the character full force. And so I've kind of taken little bits and pieces from all those different characters that I've played and just kind of melted them into this person who really is just trying to sort of discover herself and um, be happy and proud of it at the same time. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. So now, Corey, give us a, uh, just a textbook or dictionary definition of grindhouse. Exactly, describe for the audience exactly what, what you mean when you say grindhouse? Grind, grindhouse. The 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 definition would be uh, of a, a revenge film that has a lot of violence. Uh, okay. Obviously, you have a you you have a you have a target, and if this target is caught, there's going to be a lot of violence getting to to that target. Um, and it's no holes bar. I mean, uh, if there's if there's innocent bystanders that get in the way, they could be 
it could be killed. I've always looked at grindhouse films. I mean, when I was a young, when younger, you know, kid, I always saw those films as the, the characters had no conscience. They were just very focused in on the goal. If my goal was to kill this person, you know, I will walk through fire. I will go through the depths and do it. Mm. And uh, I think I think people can relate to that because um, whatever goal you have in life. You do that if, if if you could have a person that is in college and they have two part time jobs and they're starving, but all they know is that, you know it's their last semester and they're about to reach their goal, um, you know, or or those uh, that are parents and they have children and they they want their children to excel uh, in a certain field, they will do whatever it is, whether that whether that means they don't get a lot of sleep and they're taking their children to practice or uh, are getting them involved financially doing some things. You do whatever it is to to get the job done. So I think everybody can relate uh, to to the whole grindhouse genre of of getting that revenge and, and meeting your goal, hitting the goal. Right. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna throw a question out there to everybody, and I'll just uh, take one at a time. And I'll start with I'll start with you, Don. So what's right. uh, what's your favorite? Grindhouse film. If you can't think of a groundhouse, maybe I say uh, either Grindhouse or action film. Mm, I'm going to say Pulp Fiction. <laughs> okay, why is that? I think Pulp Fiction was very um, spontaneous. A lot of spontaneous scenes. A lot of you couldn't guess what was going to happen next. Um, it had. It was kind of humorous. Um, it gave it, gave it a light feel to all the stuff that was going on that was um, gruesome and violent. You still could laugh through it. Um, Quentin Tarantino, I think that's what he does anyway. So you kind of, even if you like a person that's scared of scary movies or whatever, you can still sit through his movies without being totally petrified because... Um, of the violence because he he he's keeping it with some humor involved, you know, kind of makes it feel better. <laughs> okay, Marlene, uh, what's your favorite Grindhouse film? I don't even think I have a favorite Grindhouse film. I don't really particularly <laughs> care for that genre. <laughs> I'm more or of an a comedy film? or... Um, say that again. Or an action film? Action? Ah. Uh, Charlie's Angels. I love that. I love that movie. I just mm-hmm. love the the. I just I don't know. It's just so much about that movie that I love. Just everything about it. I can't really be specific, but it's just oh my gosh. Just all the other movies are kicking ass. That's just awesome. I just get excited every time I watch it. Not okay. excited in a weird way, but like <laughs> like I can kick some ass like they are. Which yeah. <laughs> I will, Jazz, <laughs> But yeah, I don't really like genre, like um, you know, Grindhouse. I'm not into those types of things. Okay. But I will mm-hmm. act in them. Oh, okay. Well, maybe this will be your favorite when you see it. <laughs> Complete the I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it has okay, to be uh, How about you? <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like in the same page as Marlena because I've. I haven't never really been, uh, it's not like I gravitate to the Grindhouse films, but I've always been into, like, action films. 
Um, okay. An old film that I've always loved, and it's like one of my favorite movies. It's The Fifth Element. I oh, love it. Oh, my God, me too. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like a lovely movie. <laughs> oh, my God, that movie's yeah, so that's funny. A good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. She's a goodie. But she's like mm-hmm. the tough I love. I just, that's like my, one of my top movies is just like this particular character that um, she plays. She's just like this one tough chick, but she's like so gentle. All right, all right. All right, Melanie, what's your favorite Grindhouse film? Okay, did we lose Melanie again? Let's see. Looks like everybody's on the line here. All right, what's going on here? Melanie, Melanie. Hello. Let's see what we've got here. Okay, so I guess uh, something is some sort of technical glitch there. I guess you left us. Okay, no problem, no problem. Okay, so, uh, Corey, I'm going to go back to you. Um, I want to talk about, I know you've done a lot of different projects over the years, and besides this movie, what would you say is your favorite? Um. Besides this, I would say, well, I, I got to break it up in two parts. Uh, I, I love my the documentary that I did. Um, I love that because that was something that I've been wanting to do for a couple of years, and uh, just finding uh, the the right time to do it and the right and the people to do it. I, the reason why I loved doing that documentary is because I felt like I was able to um, take these twenty people and really introduce them to people that probably have never heard of them. Um, you know, the actors and the producers and the stunt uh, coordinators and the uh, people that do the music and the stuff behind the scenes. And I love their stories. Their their stories really had an effect on me, you know, their struggles. I mean, you know, actors living in their cars that are homeless and um, Mm -hmm. people talking about how their their significant others make sacrifices so they can do what they love. Um, And, again, I I felt like there was a subliminal message with that documentary that even if you're not a a fan of film, the, the struggles, the triumphs, uh, the, the victories that these people have have done is big because, you know, wh- whatever dreams you have, you, you just can't sit there and stare at the door and expect someone to knock on your door and, and give you whatever dream you want or whatever profession right, you right. want. You, you have to fight, crawl, beg, plead, and do all the work behind the scenes to get to where you want to go. And, and the, you know, you might get knocked down and, and fall down a couple of times but have to get up and uh, dust yourself off. Um, the other project that I was involved in that, that probably is my favorite was uh, mm-hmm. working with Eric, Eric Christopher Myers and Dora Roulette. That, uh-huh. uh, the reason why I, I love that film, the, the subject matter was very touchy, obviously, towards the end yeah. of the film. But seeing Eric bleed, sweat, the tears him and his wife went through to get that project done, um, he had, I think that he had like every obstacle that... I wouldn't even imagine happened to him. Mm. And him and his wife just stayed on it, stayed on it, stayed on it. And to see yeah. him get a distribution deal, to see it on Blu-ray, to, to have him win in film festivals. Uh, again, he's a prime example of the hard work paying off. And, you know, when, when I would um, get emails from people or if, if, I, if, I, if I'm traveling somewhere 
and people tell me that they've seen the film, it, it just it takes me back to you know when, when Eric and all the struggles he, he went through. So I say the DMV right. Truth and Rule Letter my two favorite. Yeah, now you talk about some of the struggles he had on that film, Eric did. Now what uh, you you produced, you helped produce it. What's some of the the struggles that you helped him through? Uh, what just in projects in general? Yeah, I mean just with. Oh yeah, okay, I mean yeah. with uh, going back to roulette, going with some of the challenges. The the challenges with that was uh, there there was uh, money was always the, was a big thing. Um, Okay. Uh, you know, budget, um, locations being changed, uh, actors uh, having to change their schedule. They can't do it, so now everybody else has changed their schedule. Um, there was a particular actor who, halfway through shooting, decided that they didn't want to be a part of the project. It was and tried to. I don't know what they were trying to do. They they were they were trying to. To me, I use the word. They were trying to shake down Eric, and oh. Eric. And Eric uh, just persevered and had to restart and redo a lot of those scenes over again. You know, a lot of people would probably just quit uh, or give in, but that, that was his baby. I mean, he wrote that he wrote that script, he birthed it, him and his wife. And if anybody's going to reap the benefits of it, it should be him and his wife, and then obviously uh, the great uh, crew that he had around him. Uh, you know, Jamie Bender and, and Dan Shuffling, Ali Lukowski, uh-huh. who has a all those people behind the scenes, those are the people that should be reaping the benefit. They they worked very well together. It was a great crop of people, a great team that, you know, all worked towards the goal. And I'm, I'm happy for all of them that they're able to uh, to see the, the film do so well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. All but right. I so I'm going to – go ahead. I was going to say, as, as a producer in general, probably the, the, the most frustrating thing is you – you work on a project, you have a script, and you, you send it out to investors, and they like it, and um, but then they want to put their own little stamp on it. So they might say, well, I don't like this actress. I want you to use this uh-huh. actress. And then you, you find out that it's their niece or their cousin, and they can't even act or they're not even right for the part. And it, it's, it, you know, sometimes you, you have a project that you feel you're ready for, but it has to stay on a back burner for two or three years until the right people yeah. come along, whether it be cast or crew. So the producing side, being patient and really looking at the, the long-term plan of your of your project is, is very key. Because you can really easily get frustrated and want to give up, but you just have to pace yourself and, and see the project through. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I know that the director is uh, my man, uh, Jason Boston, uh, Travesty Films. He's been on the show before. So, um, Marlene, I'm going to uh, put you on the spot here. Uh, how was Jason to work with? Jason is pretty cool and laid back. He's really gentle. He's like, he's really nice. Okay. You know, some, I mean, some directors can be real anal. Um, Aggressive, you know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he's he's really nice to work with. He it was just mm-hmm. it was it was a comfortable atmosphere, you know, with everyone behind the scenes, on set, everything. It's just it's a really yeah, great great group. Mm-hmm. We bonded yeah. very well on set. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah right. really really. Hey, was he like a one take kind of guy, or was he like into rehearsals, mm-hmm. the table reads, or what was the style? 
Well, see, when we got there, we went over just like any other set. Like you, you'll go over, you'll run through the scene maybe a few times, and then you'll go ahead and jump right into it. But I was so into the chemistry between myself and the other ladies on set. I don't even remember like how many takes we did. It was just so uh-huh. fun. It was it's just like I'm like okay I forgot am I really are we acting oh we're on set like it's just like that comfortable like we were just we were just gone we were gone mm-hmm. it was it was awesome hmm. good all right okay so I want to change directions and we're gonna get into favorite roles I guess I guess not so much favorite roles but ideal roles so. Ivelisse, talk about your your ideal role, your ideal a role that you would just just die for that you really see yourself playing. Um, I mean, I would say that I've always enjoyed like roles that really can like you can relate to, but it's it's a special, um, powerful meaning to it. I guess like the struggles. Um, humans face on a daily basis, um, like goals they set, something that we all as human beings can relate to, the struggles that you can feel the pain, but at the end of everything, there's always, you know, there's always going to be that light where you can can see the, the end of the picture. It's something that, can, uh-huh. you know, that really is powerful and meaningful to someone. Okay. All right. There's a little interference back there in the background. Okay, so we're coming up on the last 15 minutes here. So I want to get into, I guess, the the logistics and the mechanics of these two wonderful films. Um, you got uh, Badass Assassins coming out pretty soon. Uh, and then, so Corey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to you. So now there was a, a connection. Um, you had the You're Dead, and then you have Badass Assassins. So talk about when you plan to release these films and the connection between them. I think there was some word on the street that one was raising money for the other uh, movie. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's, it's, you know. Uh... You're, you're dead, and, and uh, Jay Spence, who's directing and, and wrote an excellent script, I sat uh-huh. down with him, and I told him about uh, the characters that I created and how I wanted to kind of put them on the same universe. So the plan was we, we, we strategically sat down, and I did, I, we, did, we didn't want uh, either film to overshadow the other. We wanted to make sure that we paced it out. So the plan was that um, You're Dead, which is in uh, post-production right now, we're going to be premiering that at the end of September, and we're okay. going to show we're going to show the movie trailer for Badass Assassins right before your dead starts. That's going to be the only trailer you see, and the trailer oh. has some things that take place that basically line right up with the very beginning of your dead. So it it's almost like a prequel in a sense. These scenes that you okay. will see in the movie trailer that lead up to it. The other thing that we wanted to do was, I've learned this from experience, you always want to make sure you completely finish your your first project before you are 
knee deep in your second project. So okay. I, I strategically wanted to plan it out. Um, initially, when we had Badass Assassins, we thought that we would just do a short film. But then as we started to talk to more people, more people were interested, uh, people were pushing us to, to do a full-length feature film, we decided we would do that. Uh, I needed to get a director and a, and a writer, so then I went and I saw Jason out um, and, and, and Aaron and got with those guys. Uh, Carl Porter, who I've worked with on Roulette, who does all the artwork, he's, he's a genius. And then uh, Darrell Harvey, who was working on Your Dead, who's our weapons specialist, he's actually a police officer. And mm-hmm. uh, working with him, and Marlena could attest to this, because Marlena worked with him on Your Dead as well. Working with him and using his weapons, the comfort level, you know, that, that Dawn was able to have, and, and Eva Lee, and Momo, and, and Melanie, and Marlena, it, it just made it more realistic. Because, uh, you know, I wanted the, these characters to, they, I wanted their weapons almost to be like their babies. Like, it's, 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 it's a, part, a part of them. But what we're going to do is, um, the premiere will be the end of September, so people will be able to see the movie trailer. What we're going to do after that is, uh, we're going to do a, actually a, a Kickstarter uh, campaign the end of October. Okay. And what I, what I wanted to do was, I wanted to make sure that we had all the funds that was needed to do this film from start to finish, from principal photography and post-production. What happens a lot of times when you do independent films is, you get funding to do the principal photography, and then you get stalled when you go into the post-production. So when you try to do the audio work and the special, the, the sound effects and uh, doing the premiere and going into film festivals and trying to get a distribution deal, you, you have to end up waiting uh, another year to, to get the funds to do that. And I wanted to make sure that for Badass Assassins, we can go right from pre-production to production to post-production and then go right into, obviously, the premiere. So the Kickstarter campaign will come out in October. Um, okay. We'll run. We'll, we'll run that for for 30 days, and then um, we're going to be looking hopefully to start principal photography, beginning of um, of 2015. And the, the the one thing obviously we'll have uh, our full cast. Obviously, the the five ladies there. The they're the stars of the film, but the surrounding people around them, get, getting them all situated, and the logistics with the locations. So I'm um, I'm really taking my time with this. And uh, I, I'm very glad that I have another producer who's worked with me, uh, Amelia Ross. She's been fantastic. She uh, she's really worked well with the ladies as far as getting them what they need and, and uh, working with Aaron and, um, you know, kind of keeping me sane, you know. <laughs> so yeah, Absolutely. But real it, talk, real it, talk. So we're coming up yeah. on about ten minutes left, so uh, we're going to quickly run down the list here and uh, just talk about, uh, start with you, Don. What uh, films uh, do you have coming next, and uh, how can fans follow your projects? I'm sorry, what was the last question? Yeah, how can fans follow all your projects? Oh, okay. Um, actually, this is the only thing on right now. And, um, okay. My email address will be a V as in Victor. A H A L A N I at yahoo.com. dot uh-huh. and um, my Facebook page is um, Dawn V Hall, and my last name is H O F F as in Frank Frank at Facebook, uh-huh. and um, they can find everything. I usually post everything that that I do on there, so 
Okay. Okay. Yo, Will, Will, Our, William, I got to jump in and, and, and tell you that for for Dawn, something that is coming down the, the pike, uh, and this is going to be uh, eventually a short film. Um, this is the first time everybody's going to be hearing about this, but I had, I'm working with a guy named Chris Keaton, who I've done scripts with before. We're developing a short film that is around a married couple that are private investigators, and the setting is in, in Baltimore, Ken, uh, Canton, Maryland, and um, they, they run a real estate agency. They're very successful, but they're, they're private investigators. And uh, Dawn is going to be playing uh, the role of Gloria Dalton, who's the wife. So she's going to be playing a character that's a little bit older than she is. And, you know, her, her husband, who's Michael Dalton, they've been, you know, they're married for 15 years. They're, they have no kids. And what people are going to love about the short film is that they're going to see how much in love these characters are with each other, but how they how they are able to work on these cold cases and how a personal tragedy in their lives lead to them being private investigators. So um, we're actually going to be um, – I'm actually going to be looking at the, the first version of this uh, short film uh, script probably in another week. I think Chris will have it done, so she'll have that in, in – for Dawn, just to let you guys know, you know, I, I worked with her five years ago and can't complain. She had a very, very small role in the film, um, but the energy that she had on the set, you know, I always kept that in the back of my mind. You know, that when when the when the right role came up for her, that uh, that she would be ready. And I kept telling her to be ready. And and I, I tell you, by God, she when when I called her number, she she was ready. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, yeah, Marlene, we'll go to you. <laughs> Uh, right. You can actually, yeah, I have a um, Facebook fan page. Can you hear me? Uh-huh. Yeah. Hello? Okay. Yeah. All right. Here. My Facebook fan page is actress Marlena Angelique, and I also have a YouTube, which is mneil007. Oh, and, right. And um, I've got, of course, your dad coming up where I play Shauna. She's a disgruntled bartender. I'm not kicking ass, but I do have a weapon. This is awesome. Um, let's see. I've done so much. I should have wrote all this stuff down so I could just go down the list. But just look out for me on my fan page because I'm always um, posting everything that I'm doing, upcoming events and such. Oh, yeah, I just did a commercial. See, I just remember. I did a commercial um, for DPNL. It's a, it's a um, power company just like um, Baltimore has BGE and all that other stuff. So this was a really fun commercial, actually, that's getting uh-huh. air time in Ohio and wherever else is. So that's really awesome. That's also on my uh, YouTube page. So, yeah, just follow the the Facebook fan page. I really post, like, everything there and um, the videos on my YouTube page as well. So, yeah. All right. Uh, that's what's up. That's what's up. Okay, so, Corey, talk about uh, how fans can follow all your projects. Uh, well, the website, uh, GoldenTigerProductions.com. Uh, also, I have uh, the, the website, and I have the, the Facebook page as well uh, that people can, can follow. I'm on Twitter. I'm on, I'm on Instagram. So, you know, you, you just type in Golden Tiger Productions, you'll see all the, the links I have. So I'm always updating people on the, on the different projects that I'm doing, and more importantly, just pr- promoting the, uh, the actors that I get a chance to, to work with. The William, i got to tell you real quickly that, these five actresses, it's, it's interesting how all of them came into 
doing this project. Um, for Momo, she was in the, the documentary that I did, uh, the DMV Truth, and um, I had based uh, her character off of a character from a movie in the 60s called, uh, actually, I'm forgetting the name of the movie now, um, uh, with Yul Brenner in it. Uh, uh, da, 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 I can't remember the name. It was a King Western. King I based uh, her character. Which is that? Uh, the King and I uh, Western. No, no, no. It was, it was a it was it was a Western movie. Um, oh, uh, I can't I can't think of the name of it. Seven uh, Seven Hired Guns. Is it a Magnificent Seven? You got Magnificent, it, Magnificent seven? seven, yeah. 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 So I I based uh, Momo's character off of her. Um, okay. But working with okay. her on, on the documentary, she was perfect for it. I said earlier that you know Dawn, I worked with her five years ago. So uh, the character right. Ace. I thought she was perfect for it because Ace is someone who doesn't really go out in the field at the beginning of the film. And she's challenged on, hey, you know, are you too old to actually go out there in the field and physically do it? And she has to show the ladies up a couple of times that, you know, the mother hen still still, still has it. Uh, with yeah, Ivelisse, yeah. I actually saw her in a short film uh, where she she was physical in this film. I saw I, I, and uh, the director, uh, I actually I contacted him and said, Hey, this actress, you know, I'm, I, I like to use her in a film, and come to find out, it's a sister-in-law. So that's, yeah. that's, that's how I was able to, to find Ivelisse by seeing her in another project. Um, uh-huh. And then Melanie's the most interesting. I had no body that I felt could play the part of Whip Dahmer, and Momo sent me about, about 30 different actresses that she knew. She had sent uh-huh. me information on them. And once I saw Melanie... And what she had done, I knew she was perfect for the role. So I, I feel very blessed how all five of these ladies, the ladies that fall into place. And then Marlena, I, I, obviously working with her already on, on You're Dead and seeing the energy that she brings to the set, uh, that, that was a no-brainer. Wow, that's great. Okay, well, I just want to thank everybody for joining me on the show. I'm really looking forward to seeing these films. They sound like Brian House films. They're fantastic and i just uh thank everybody again not only for joining me on the show tonight but for giving me some very uh, entertaining and thoughtful answers yeah i appreciate it you know william and one thing i definitely want to put out there is that uh for those who'll be listening we want to send our prayers out to uh frank Britton. uh we know that he was he was injured not too long ago great great yeah. actor in the theater um you know so we just want to make sure that we're supporting him and all the other actors out there working but we're glad he's uh He's recovering. We hope he gets a speedy recovery. Sorry that Momo couldn't make this couldn't make this uh, this uh, show. You know, obviously she's doing theater, but I will say Momo and and, uh, and her her uh, her tenacity and the projects that she works on, she's phenomenal. So uh, we all feel blessed to be able to to work with her. Real talk, real talk, and also uh, I gotta say, man, congrats on your family. Uh, you got uh, uh, some family added there, man. Yeah, yeah, my, my son, he's, he's three weeks old, and um, I tell you, man, I've, I've been, I've been wanting, I've been, yeah, I've, I've been, I've been wanting a child for a very, very long time, and finally got my opportunity to be a father, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. So, uh, yeah, he, he, he keeps me up, and uh, when I'm not around him, man, I, I feel lost, man. That's my little buddy right there, so Aww. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> he's so cute. He's always entertaining in those pictures. Yeah. Yeah, my oldest just turned. Uh, I'm sorry, my youngest just turned 14, the 25th. So I, I know the feeling. They change every day. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he he eats, man, a lot, and he his facial expressions are funny, man. He's just, I mean, he's a lot like me. I mean, you know, my my, my mother my mother has told me that he he looks like me and he, he acts a lot like me, so uh, I guess I'm in trouble. The <laughs> future filmmaker. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Okay, hey, thanks everybody. Oh yeah, sure. Go ahead. We got a couple minutes. I left. just wanted to say I'm happy to be a part of this. It's gonna be. It's gonna open up a, a kickbutt war for females, and show that even with differences, we can come together and work as a team, like the female A team. <laughs> you darn right. And I'm a huge fan of A team. Yes, girl. I think that would be like B A Baracus. I think, except I'm small. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Pity the fool. Pity the fool. Pity the fool. Pity the fool who won't see this movie. Pity the fool who won't see badass. Right? Right. Wow. Well, we could definitely talk all night, folks. Uh, we definitely have y'all on again, and uh, just thanks everybody again for coming on the show. And y'all have a uh, blessed night. You do the Thank same. Thanks for having me. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And, dear listeners, let me leave you with this quote from Marcus Aurelius. The lion cannot protect himself from traps, and the fox cannot defend himself. One must, therefore, be fox to recognize traps, and a lion to frighten the wolves. Night. Let me see you move. Bye.